Beware, please, of our usual Radio 3, 7.45pm bad word. Hi, hello, uh, hello. This is the 40-second demonstration of the system. Now, tragedy is an overused word, and I hesitate to use it, but we can no longer deny, even though denial is our natural state, that the mighty Finn archive of suitable audio recordings is not infinite. And so uh, we will not be able to put a new song in every day. We're getting access to a few more that we haven't yet had, but at the moment we're going to have to do something else after our, uh, you know, our daily act. And uh, one of the things, one of the places we're going to get that from uh, is... Uh, my blog, because blogs is what people did uh, in the old days about 10 years ago in the same way that they do uh, podcasts now. And uh, I sort of had a flick through and there are some fun things on there. And uh, so we will we will look at them uh, a bit later. And also we will have musical content, I think. I've suddenly thought of a way to do some musical content. We'll do links and some musical content. I've had an idea. I've thought of something. Anyway, before all that, we have Kilburn, Kilburn's, Kilburn's, Kilburn's favourite Boltonian hero, Mike Westcott. Chapter 7, London Rules. Got put on Young Workfinders, quick start scheme, because they make stop my claimant commitment, and it was that, or stop my job seekers. So... They were going to stop me job seekers. So I told them that I already stopped me job seekers from when they mixed up my Universal Jobs match. And they said, oh, then it's that then. So I had to go on this work placement in a place where there's work. So not Bolton. It was London in this cabinet office they've got. And I got to Friday on my first week and Janice on reception. She's the one with the eyebrows that went on a cruise with Chris Akabusi. Janice said she had a job for me to do. And it was the most important job in the whole cabinet office. Do the lottery syndicate and get coffees from Starbucks. She said that was the most important job in the cabinet office. Like a joke. Only she didn't laugh because some jokes are funny because they're true. And some jokes are not funny at all because they're true. She gave me the money and I said what numbers do you do? And she said what? And I said for lottery. And Janice said they didn't have numbers, just do 12 lucky dip. So I said, you can't do lucky dip. And she said, yeah, you can. And I said, I know you can do lucky dip, but nobody does lucky dip. And she said, well, we do lucky dip. You just take lucky dip. I said, I know how to do lucky dip. And she said, well, do lucky dip. You've got the same chance of winning as if you choose your numbers. And she just sat there looking at me like I was the weird one. So I said, I'd do Lucky Dip, even though you don't do Lucky Dip. And that got me to worrying about the Starbucks too, because I'd not got Starbucks before. Now, you'll be thinking, hang on, he's from Bolton, proper town, got a football team, got Paddy McGuinness, I've taken me out. It can't not have Starbucks. Obviously, there is one, only we have Starbucks, like you have M&M's World, you go once for a laugh, and you've no reason to go after that. So, 
Starbucks in Bolton is all people staring at the list, wondering which one's like a normal coffee, or staring at flapjacks, wondering how they can charge that for flapjacks, and they make allowances. But in London, you're supposed to take Starbucks in your stride. So I thought, I'll see if I can go where Kirsty Whitmore works. Okay, so Kirsty Whitmore, she's from Bolton. She came to London as a magician's assistant, only because in London it's all that street magic. He had to swap Kirsty for a puffer jacket and she's been working in the Starbucks. So I texted her and I googled it and it was actually about 100 metres away. So I had to walk past three or four other Starbucks on the way, but I remembered what my caseworker said about use me initiative and don't fuck it all up. And also because Kirsty had said it was her last day before she starts this new shop job where she's living in Penn South. I got to the lottery shop first and I tried but I couldn't bring myself to do Lucky Dip. But I knew it'd be alright because when you get the tickets they don't say if it was Lucky Dip. They just have the numbers so they wouldn't know it wasn't Lucky Dip. So... I did one with my numbers, and I did one with my mum's numbers, and I did one with my nan's numbers, and I did one with some of my nan's numbers and some of my mum's numbers, and then I did one with some of my nan's numbers and some of my numbers. Well, you're clever people. Use your imagination 12 times. I got to Starbucks. I said hello to Kirsty, and I got Janice's coffees list. And I asked her for the first one, Monica's Mocappuccino. And Kirsty said, what size? And I said, small. And she said, do you mean tall? And I said, no. And she said, yeah, you do. Tall means small. I said, I don't think it does. She looked around to make sure nobody was listening and said, hey, you. I know tall doesn't really mean small. It means large. Medium is grand, and I know that doesn't mean medium. It means large, in French. Large is venti, and I know that doesn't really mean anything, but they've had to make it mean large because they've used up all the words that do mean large on the ones that aren't large. And yes, in Bolton, they let you call them small, medium and large, but this is London rules. I don't make the rules, and I don't understand the rules, because in London... Things move fast, and tomorrow it could be you making the rules, unless you're one of the sad sacks who's shatting your sugar puffs trying to understand the rules. You know what I am? A barista. Do you know what barista means? It means we're not in Bolton anymore. Because there, I'd be a tea lady. I said, your badge doesn't say barista. It says Magdalena. She said that's because they're all supposed to be Czech, because it's sort of posh Polish. And she asked me, what's my name? And I said, I don't know, uh, Zoltan. But she said I didn't have to be Czech, that was just them. What was my real name? I said, you know my real name? Why do I have to tell you my real name? She said, it was because she didn't come to the cabinet office and make the stupid bits of my job feel even stupider, so don't I do it to her. And she said, don't tell me you understand everything they do in your cabinet office. I said, no. And I looked round to make sure nobody was listening still. And I said, 
They do lucky dip. She said, Oh. Well, so what? I said, what do you mean, so what? You don't do lucky dip. You know that. She said, Yes, I do. But why not do lucky dip? I said, because it's the lottery. You can't just leave it to chance. I know it is chance, but it's one thing that could make your life all right. And if I don't choose my own numbers, I'm admitting it's totally out of my hands like everything else. And I know I'm not going to win. So when I don't win, at least I can say I didn't expect chance to do all the work. I can't blame chance for all of it. Move on. Kirsty said, Okay, I'll tell you how it works here. I'm starting in this new shop job in Penge South tomorrow because my rent's going more expensive. And my rent's more expensive because of this new shop. I said, How can the shop make your rent more expensive? And she said, Well, because down here everything does. Even the immigration, which used to make houses well cheap, now makes them more expensive. With that one, our generation's paying through the nose for not being a bunch of racists. But with this one, they've got this shop called Waitrose. And if they open one, it means your rent goes up. That's what they're dealing with here. They're totally used to chance doing loads more work than they ever will. Renting a flat where they hope they won't make a Waitrose and buying one where they hope they will is what they do here instead of picking numbers. When Magdalena gave me this badge... She said to me, Kirsty, this town is a bucket of horse shit, but at the bottom there is beetroot. If you want to eat it, shake the bucket hard. And like me, you're thinking of at least two ways that doesn't make sense, but it's how come we've got all these focaccia sandwiches? Well, in Bolton, you're still on paninis. She took the coffees list off me and made the order up, and I could tell she was right. Because the bloke after me was getting an espresso. In Bolton, when someone gets an espresso, it's because they've looked at the list and they've seen espresso's the cheapest, so they've reckoned that must be what they call a normal coffee. But he got it, and he didn't do the... Oh. He knew what it was going to be, and he still wanted it. I went round Kirsty's in Penge South on Saturday night... A new Waitrose job? Well, it fell through because it got busted. She thought something was up because she saw they were selling Tesco's peas. And what it is is there's this letting agent they've got called Foxton's. I mean, I guess they're all a bit, but there's this one and it's known for... Well, they've been opening up fake branches of Waitrose in shitholes so they can put the rent up. When lottery came on, I'm checking all the cabinet office tickets and I couldn't believe it. The first two were both my numbers and the next two were both my nan's numbers and the last two were my nan's numbers. Not in any of the right combinations, so it won't fuck all, but close enough for me to understand. I just picked the numbers to lose the lottery for all the families of all the people in all the cabinet office and... I'm not being responsible for that again. Lucky dip all the way. Thank you, Mike. 
so now the experimental blog material. I don't know why I should feel embarrassed about using the word blog, but there is something in me that is. It sounds so dated. Um, I suppose things from 10 to 20 years ago always sound the most dated. That's the nature of the fashion cycle. But anyway, it does sound dated. I feel faintly embarrassed, but there you go. Anyway, one of my favourite things on there are a couple of pieces. One of my favourite things are a couple of pieces. Sound like a complete illiterate. Be that as it may. There are a couple of uh, pieces, things about uh, skiers, Scandinavian skiers. There's a bit about a Finnish ski jumper, who I was always very interested in because he had this extremely interesting life. And then there's also this song by a Swedish a cappella band called Kvartetten D.E.O. about the Norwegian cross-country skier, a uh, star skier, Petter Nortug. And uh, we will do the links below to these lyrics and to the video. I strongly recommend that you look at the lyrics while you listen to the song. Uh, but uh, but the lyrics, which which I'm going to read out, they're, you know, here are the lyrics to that song. Let me just quickly find them. Uh, oh, okay, and this is originally done to, originally, I mean, the song is to the tune of the William Tell Overture, and I can try and start reading it out in that style, but it'll break down, okay? But uh, these are the lyrics to Better Nautuk. Who's strong, who's fast, who's hard as steel, who's best and always crosses the line first, who gets to hear the crowd roar, a hero, Petanotug, and he lives his life by a philosophy of taking to the track with a wolfish scowl, only to reveal in the sprint that he's really a swine, a hero, Petanotug. He's as handsome as a Greek Adonis, oh yes. All the girls are captivated for daily use and formal attire. He always wears a Norwegian cardigan sewn from the skin of polar bears and his manly body bears a scent of tar, paint thinner, oil, hard liquor and rust. When he sleeps in the mountains of Svalbard, his chest hair is coated with frost. And when mere mortals have retired and the hour is late, he's out chopping wood, hunting elk, and carrying rocks, lots of rocks. He has style, he has grace, he has heroism, and his chin is the size of a country shed. He has liquor and petroleum in his blood, and he's steady as a pine trunk. When Statoil's oil prognosis fell apart, well, our ski king really lost his temper, slammed his fist on the bottom of the Skagorak Strait, causing the oil to flow once more. Wax, wax, rewax, rewax, etc. I think that's the chorus. As a baby, Petter was the real deal, spitting out tobacco and clubbing seals. Might be a bit racist in Scandinavia, don't know the ins and outs. When he turned eight, he had a hairy thigh, clad in fur like Sheer Khan, even in the spring of his youth, bearded like a Taliban. And it's said that he once wrestled with God and won the bout without breaking a sweat. It's incredible this song isn't actually about Bennett Brandreth. He makes generation of men go from being being heteros to homosexuals, and with his two-day stubble, he can polish even the rustiest of scrap vehicles. When he heads out to hunt whales in his Viking ship, he uses a net, and he only eats chili, wasabi, and meat. He doesn't even cry during Bambi when the mother dies. Brackets. She dies. <laughs> 
close brackets, with a washboard solid as subvolcanic rock, and a stare that can cut through plexiglass, and a voice of rumbling infra-bass, our hero Petter Nortug. He's the man who's idolised everywhere. Not strictly true. He's idolised by each Russian, Inuit, and Baltic dweller. The entire cosmos proclaims it thousandfold. Our hero Petter Nortug is powerful as an emperor of steel, a man of cast iron, and his his victory cry loud as a male lion's roar. He roars loudly, and he he is a God among gods, and a man who can do everything, a true hero, a Don Juan, a king. He's the one who'll make you weak at the knees and give you butterflies in your stomach. Nortug is super strong and utterly bizarre, like this song. He can do kung fu and judo, not to mention the fact that he's a whiz on guitar. He strums the axe, and his muscles are so flexed. What a guy! He's everyone's dad. He's got it all, got all the answers. And the way he skis, he keeps nothing in reserve. A ski barbarian, a real man. Yes, he's Petter Nortug, hero of heroes, bloody Norwegian, this is your fanfare. I mean, beat that with a stick. And uh, as I say, I strongly recommend you uh, you you listen to the song as well. Uh, there's a video that goes with it. The other bit of skiing information, the more purely Finnish one, is about a guy called Matti Nykonen, who was, he won the ski jumping in the 1980s. He was uh, Finnish. And he's very, very famous in Finland. And like quite a lot of very famous sportsmen, he had a quite sad afterlife. It was a weird, very sad and weird afterlife. And here are just some things from his Wikipedia page. And it's almost like a tragedy. Maybe I shouldn't be reading this out here. But anyway, here, here are some things. It's extraordinary. Put it this way. It's extraordinary. Nukunen met millionaire sausage heiress Mervi Tapola in 1999, and they were married from 2001 to 2003. They were divorced in 2003 and remarried in 2004. In the summer of 2009, Tapola, then Tapola Nukunen, petitioned for divorce uh, for a 14th time, but cancelled it. On Christmas Day 2009, Nukunen allegedly injured his wife with a knife and tried to throttle her with a bathrobe belt. He was charged for attempted manslaughter. On the 24th of August 2004, Matty Nukunwun was arrested on suspicion of attempted manslaughter of a family friend after losing a finger-pulling competition. When Nukunwun's ski-jumping career was drawing to a close, a group of businessmen proposed to make him a singer. His first album, Yulotsitsen Yu, almost certainly pronouncing that quite badly, I mean, I definitely am, was released in 1992 and sold over 25,000 copies. The next album, Samurai, 1993, was not as successful. At the end of the 1990s, due to serious financial problems, Nukunen worked as a stripper at, in a Jovenpoor restaurant. In November 2009, Nukunen began to present his own cooking web series, Matihan Sesop and Keti. And he said a lot of half intentionally funny things in his 
in, a, in his career of being slightly famous. He said things like, and if one thing is for sure, it is quite sure. And what is not done cannot be undone. And I am a marriage advisor these days. If things are going well, then call me. I can fuck it up in seven seconds. And uh, that's, I mean, there's a degree of self-knowledge that I, I don't know makes it almost more tragic. Anyway, that is us for today. Be good and well and uh, good to each other. And we will be back tomorrow. Thank you.